are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Freeform Rock Podcast. I'm Lee Gerstman. My co-host is Mark Alden Taylor. Say hello, Mark. Hello. And we have a totally awesome special guest with us. Todd Howarth. Hey, Todd, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thank you, Lee and Mark. Uh, hey, am I, can they see me on Skype here? No, we're just doing, we just record audio. Your pants, so <laughs> it's yeah. uh, a good thing. <laughs> no problem at all. Yeah, I see you on Facebook all the time. And last night, I was uh, the other night, I was talking to you, and uh, you're like making three albums right now. Yeah, I'm doing three simultaneously because. Um, I'm way overdue. Just before I started the 4 by Fate project, I wanted to do a solo rock CD, a heavy one. And uh, actually, some of the songs I was working on ended up on 4 by Fate. But um, in the last, was it five years now, five close to six years, you know, I've been waiting to do this. And it's really kind of hard to do uh, with a lot of projects going on. So <clears throat> now I'm kind of making it for time. So I'm doing a heavy rock CD. And then a, uh, you know, where I'm playing everything again. And then I'm doing like a, for lack of better terms, a, an easy listening CD that's not not so easy, you know, like, you know, barf easy, but you know, it's just <laughs> not heavy rock. And then I'm going to do um, an acoustical uh, CD of the Comet songs that I sang. And that's actually kind of be uh, like a free uh, CD for people that buy the whole set, that type of deal. Yeah, I was just listening to your solo uh, catalog, man. It's really good. And then I, I was listening to 4 by Fate today. And you did a killer cover of the John Waite song, These Times Are Hard for Lovers. I was like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I've loved John Waite since, you know, he was uh, in The Babies when I first heard him. And, and then, of course, that's how I met John Regan uh, when John Regan was playing with John Waite. And, uh, you know, John Waite's got one of the best rock and roll bluesy voices ever. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot from him when I was uh, learning how to sing, you know, proper leads. Um, and it's, it's, he's just, he's such a talent, you know. So thank you. Yeah, I, yeah, I love and, John Wayne. Um, and I'd say that from listening to your stuff, like I was listening to Silhouette, and then I listened to Winner, and I listened to Opposite Gods, and they're totally different. But, cool. wow, I mean, such a wide palette. And um, I really love winter. It, it it reminds me a little bit of like, well, slightly jazzy, but also slightly folky, like maybe Dan Fogelberg influenced or James Taylor a little bit, but hmm. also some some other stuff like maybe Michael Franks or maybe Tom Rush. I I, I mean I'm I'm just I'm just thinking yeah, I mean, well, that's, that's, little bit of influences there, but everybody can but hear I really dug it. <clears throat> that that thank you. That, everybody hears different things, and and the those uh, the easy listening style stuff. Um, and I, I the fun thing about that is I can draw from everything. I can do anything I want because it's you know it's open genre there. I mean I grew up uh, you know in my I'm older, so the stuff that I grew up with was heavy rock, and then also the likes of uh, Joni Mitchell, uh, Carol King. Uh, I mean, uh, some phenomenal singers, uh, a female, and and then uh, and James Taylor. I, I liked a lot of his early stuff, 
and and a lot of uh, songwriters. You know, that's what I do best because I really gravitated towards songwriting as opposed to you know being a virtuoso on guitar or keyboards. It's just all about the songs and the melody to me. Oh yeah, I'm wondering. Um, is there like a, a very certain artist or a certain album that you grew up with that you were considered to be your favorite? As far as if someone were to ask you, what's your favorite album of a particular songwriter? Or, or, or that or is hard to pinpoint because you know I I had stuff I like. Obviously, the Beatles were the first thing that I really gravitated towards. Okay, that was uh, me too. I first album I got was Sgt. Pepper's like when I was seven. <laughs> oh, yeah, geez, that, well, that was some years later. I mean, I was you know, Beatles '64. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm almost fifty, so you're you're way ahead of me. <laughs> but you picked up on. It. I mean, yeah. The, that that was a fantastic album. I mean, here again, we're we're going back to songwriters. Uh, but for for every like couple of years, things would change. Like I, you know, the Beatles, and then all of a sudden, I was into uh, Humble Pie, and and then I even got into Black Sabbath a little bit. Uh, and then I got into and I was heavy into Steely Dan. I love Steely Dan. Oh, I love Steely Dan also. <laughs> a, a phenomenal uh, or. Uh, Compositions and songs and the chords and the melodies, and I loved all that stuff. And then, you know, I was in Rick Derringer, Errol Smith, <clears throat> of course, Van Halen when they came out. That was just when they became real popular. I was just moving to LA to start my my career, but every every few years and you consequently decades, I have a different thing that I like. I mean, I, I love Phil Collins. I love Sting. Oh, yeah, I do too. I, I like uh, I like uh, uh, Jane Child. I, I like a oh, lot yeah. heavy. I mean, Sly and the Family Stone. Wow. I mean, it, it really my my influences really are broad, as are my dislikes, which I hate a lot of shit. Too. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'd be interested if 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 you wouldn't mind to maybe mention a couple of your dislikes, just because. I, I sometimes <laughs> like to mention my dislikes, and you, so... You like to miss your, it's, mention it's, your it's dislikes a lot. for fun. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes I like, like to add a little bit of the dirt. Well, I, you know, when, when the Beatles were still, still you know, coming down and not being as popular as they were, you know, the Doors came out. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I, you know, in, in retrospect, you know, the Doors have got a couple, you know, a few great songs, phenomenal stuff. But the thing about the Doors is... I mean, my my wife thinks Jim Morris was just a you know doll from heaven, but I his uh -huh. monotone style of singing drove me nuts. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. That, that organ, that 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 broken no tremolo uh, Leslie speaker cabinet organ. That I don't know what the hell it was a farfisa. I hated that sound with a passion, and, yeah. and some of the tunes are just you know dreadful droning on. But you know, like I said later on, I you know as I got older, I went some of the stuff's actually pretty good. Yeah, I was never a big Doors fan. Uh, I cannot like stand lounge music for stoners. No, uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> Grateful Dead. I can't stand the Dead. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Me and him always argue. I hate the Grateful Dead. I hate I, that I'm band. I'm not going to argue about that today. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, it's just personal preference. I mean, it's, it's, I, I just, ne I just never got it. I never got it. You know, and then I got into a period, a time before I moved to L.A. that I was heavily into. To sticks in Kansas and uh, heart, uh, yeah. As far as the sticks go, I only like the stuff, the heavy stuff. I, 
Yeah, I, I wasn't, you know, wild about. I'm sailing away. Oh my god, me, me neither. And I had to play those songs in the top forty stuff, and I'm like, okay, wow. you know, I just like, please, you know, but um, a lot of different influences, and, and the, there's other bands that, that, that as time went on that uh, I, I can't stand, but you know, fortunately, there's yeah. a lot of bands I do like. Yeah. Um, did you study music in school, or did you have a private teacher or anything? Well, no. I've been singing since I was seven years old, or six years old. I started playing piano when my dad got married to my stepmom, and she had a piano, which we still have, which is mine now, still at my, my parents' house. Uh, I started playing piano with that, and they, my stepmom said, he's got talent, he's taking lessons. My dad says, I don't give a shit what he's got. He's got to go to work if he wants something. <laughs> so that, that work ethic was instilled in me a long time ago. But uh, I took piano lessons like three times and kept quitting because although it was very beneficial for me, I just wanted to play what I heard in my head. And I yeah. hear orchestrations in my head, and I was too, too impatient to learn scales. So everything that I've learned is self-taught. It started with piano then guitar, then, no, piano, drums, then guitar, then bass, then piano, then more drums, and I just swapped all over the place for the first, you know, uh, damn near 10 years of my life. That's more than me. I mean, I I play piano, and I also do a little bit of drums, and I play very, very bad guitar, <laughs> where when people say... Uh, how can I play that song? I, I'll tell them you can't because I didn't tune it and I don't know what I did. But I mean, but wow, you're impressive though. Thank you. I'm flattered by that. And I have a lot of people tell me, I just posted a thing about me doing a bass, bass uh, um, track on my, one of my new songs. It's horrible fidelity, but it's fun to play the different instruments. And I have a lot of different kind of guitars that have a lot of different kind of spacing. So every time you pick up something new, like a baritone guitar or, or uh, my 12-string uh, uh, bass guitar that Tom Peterson gave me or my 12-string wow. Steinberger or everything's different. And this new five-string bass, this old vintage uh, Steinberger bass, is, is kind of hard to play because the strings are so damn close together on a small neck. But again, it's challenging, and I enjoy that. You know. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned Tom Peterson. I saw in your bio, I was reading Wikipedia, so I don't know if it's all true, but you played keyboards with a Cheap Trick? Oh, I, yeah. I, I've known Cheap Trick longer than anybody I've ever played with. Uh, when I first moved to L.A. and I was just about to join one of my biggest, my first big band, I was playing with guys that would eventually go on to play for Cheap Trick. Uh, John uh, Pete Kamita and then John Brandt. Wow, and, yeah. Um, they uh, when they were looking for a keyboard player, they they said we we know this guy that can sing and play, and you know he's he's not a virtuoso, but you know he he's good at parts and and he's got a good range, and you know and so that's how I ended up playing for Cheap Trick. And I played with him eighty five, eighty six, and then uh, ninety to ninety six, and then two thousand. I, I did uh, a bunch of stuff, and then all the way up into 2008, um, and then I, recently, when they come down here to San Diego, they'll call me up and say, hey, uh, you want to come to the show? I said, yeah, I'd like to come down. I, what the hell? I said, uh, you want to bring a keyboard? I said, what, you want me to play the whole fucking show? And they said, well, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I'm supposed to remember all this stuff. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, I've known them since uh, 1985. Yeah, Ro Robin Zander's my, uh, one of my favorite singers of all time. 
Like, I love that guy, man. He, the guy doesn't age. <laughs> His voice does not age. Yeah. Oh, he, he is he's phenomenal. He's most, most as far as I'm concerned, he's most celebrated, um, and rightly so, American rock singer. Probably underrated with all the, you know, the, the people that think other people are better singers. Then that's just not true. I mean, you know, I'm not going to take away from anything from, you know, Vince Neil or uh, Brett Michaels. But if you want to know about a real rock singer, Robin Zander's a real rock singer. You know, he's yeah phenomenal. You know. Oh yeah, I have I have a we have a friend who said, man, that guy could sing the phone book and make it sound good. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he's and I learned a lot from him when I first started singing with him. You know, um, when I auditioned for, the, for him the first time, they were like, oh yeah, okay, you know, did you do any trick uh, trick songs? I said, yeah, well we do a couple, and so I sang one and. They're like, oh, that's pretty good, you know, but they really weren't too impressed. And then, uh, long story short, uh, they at first they didn't care for me, and they kind of passed on me. And uh, then the, I, the manager said, "Look, you got to really, you're not hearing this guy live. You got to try him." So they gave me a shot, and, they, and I learned a whole set without ever rehearsing. And I went out, uh, jumped on tour, watched for a couple days, and then I just jumped in a live show. And then after the show. <laughs> Rick comes up and says, wow, why in the fuck didn't you sing like that before? I oh. said, well, th there was no stage. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I really... Of if, if I'm playing piano and I'm singing, and then if I do the same songs again and don't sing, they say, you sound better than than you did the first time. And I go, I wasn't singing. And they go, correct. <laughs> yeah, he, he writes... Lee writes some weird songs. I say, man, you need a singer, dude. <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm wondering, did um, like, like, cause, like, I used to do like cassette tapes of my stuff. Did you sometimes, when you were young, like, make cassette tapes, like maybe on old like cassette recorders of some of your songs, like maybe old demos, like, um, always. Huh? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. I, before I was even singing, I had little reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder my dad gave me. I think to get me out of his fucking hair. But I'd go sit in my room and I'd make up stories and I'd be the broadcaster. And that'd be the little guy, and you know, I'd <laughs> all kinds of shit when I was young. Oh, I have I have quite the vivid imagination. That's why I write short stories as a hobby, and I'm writing my autobiography wow. as well. But yeah, no, you, no, you nailed it. I I and then uh, when I started playing, I would record some of that stuff. And, uh, you know, you, you always think you're real bitching when you're recording it, and then you play it get back, and you go, well, that's dreadful. <laughs> I don't think I have any of those recordings anymore. Dang. Yeah. I always, I always said I sing in the key of O, out of tune. <laughs> but, but, um... I usually call that the key of R, random. Oh, yeah. That, that's a better one, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, and... By the way, I want to mention that my favorite song from the first Fraley's Comet album is Something Moved. Thank you. And and I thought you were cool um, when back then. Um, and so and so I, I, I was like, man, you know, you 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 actually I mean, I, I not that I don't like some of what Ace does, but I think you're 10 times the songwriter he is. Oops. Well, Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, that's what I said. The whole story about that. See, John Regan knew I could write songs, and yeah. he knew, watched me play with. When, we, when he was with John Waite on tour, and I was with Cheap Trick, we were on tour, tour together. So John Waite, uh, John Regan knew what I could do, 
And he yeah. said, you gotta try this Tata. He's, you know, he's, he, he, he'll fit the part that we need. So I sent them some songs and something moved was on the cassette tape. It was actually, it was, I recorded on a Tascam four track and then bounced it, of course, down to two tracks. And it was a drum machine. Uh, I didn't have real drums then. I just had to, you know, do with what I had. And uh, I sent it to him and it was a very dark song as it is now still. But, yeah. uh, and that's, they heard it and they said, wow, this is, this is pretty good. We got to edit it down a little bit, you know, maybe not make it so heavy and dark because but a lot of the songs that I write are very heavy. But then as soon as I start yeah. singing them, they don't sound heavy anymore because I just don't have that type of voice. But I appreciate you saying that. And it, what's amazing is at the time that I joined Fraley's Comet, I was writing all kinds of heavy, deep down, dark stuff. Yeah. And later on, just because a keyboard song in the second album that I wrote for Cheap Trick got on the second album, and they all thought I was trying to lighten it up with keyboards. I thought, what? The, what? No, that, that has nothing to be further from the fucking truth. Yeah, I'm a well, heavy. I be personally, right. I personally like Second Sighting better than the first album. Well, believe it or not, well, I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, regardless of who wrote what, I guess the fact that you wrote some of the songs helps. But it's, I, I just think it's a better album. Well, thank you. It, it, it could have been more cohesive, uh, and, yeah. and I wrote half the album because Ace wasn't ready with songs. But yeah. I was hired. Uh, I mean, I was hired into the band because I could sing, I could write, I could play, but I could write songs, and I could be a real. See, Ace, Ace wanted to be just a lead guitar hero that sang a, a few songs and would write some songs. He didn't really want to bound to it, and but then he found the importance of doing it, and it really wasn't a conflict then. But yeah, I was I was hired as a songwriter and and, and a lead singer. And matter of fact, we had one a big producer that turned us down because he didn't want Ace singing any of the songs, you know, which I yeah. didn't really agree with. I think Ace needs to put his character on his albums. But, yeah. uh, you know, had we had the cohes cohesive album of what would have been Freddie's Comp, the third record, you know, I probably should have sang a little bit more than Ace and let Ace go back to the big guitar hero that he's always been. Yeah, I'm wondering because I had heard uh, that it's that Ace wasn't maybe on all of Second Sighting. Is that true, or was he at least did a guitar part or something on well, everything? He was all there. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, but I, I, let me clarify that. I mean, he was sick a lot during that record. He didn't write a lot of songs for it, and there are certain songs that. I like my songs, it was hard for him to, to uh, record or be on them because he just didn't have the time, I guess, to learn them. He did the leads like on, uh, okay. you know, some certain tune. But I will tell you, on Something Move, I mean, not Something Move, on uh, It's Over Now, that's just me, John, and Anton, uh, uh, Jamie Aldacre. Uh, oh, okay. Ace didn't play a lick on it. And uh, also, like, New Kind of Lover, that's all me, except... Uh, yeah, that's all me too. I think. Oh yeah, he might have. I don't know if he might have been in the studio watching, <laughs> or 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 whatnot. But you know, to his credit, he'd come in and he'd listen to it and go, "That's great, leave it." You know, he didn't want to contribute anything to it. Or yeah. That, and so he was very generous. Um, and, cool. and 
and and unfortunately, sometimes I think fans would take that as me trying to take over the band. It's not Howard's comment; it's Fraley's comment. You know, I just yeah. had I had to make up what I could for the band because the shit wasn't there, the budget was laid out. We had to record to get something going, and uh, I really wanted to work with Ace more to to make the album again for the third time. I've said this cohesive, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, and I was yeah, um, like, you were really cool for doing what you did. You you were like the lightsaber. Well, thank you. I mean, you know, the, the, it was a very big boat for that. I mean, Ace is, you know, he was, it was he's a giant. He still is a giant, and I'm very yeah. grateful for everything he gave me, opportunity wise. Um, people always think you know, I'm a major Kiss fan because I was in the band, and and this is not true. I mean, I I uh -huh. I, I learned to appreciate more of Kiss. Uh, about them after joining, but especially the fans. The fans are the best in the world. You know, bottom line, yeah. they're, they're so loyal and so good. Uh, but I was the, the move was was fun, and I thought it was going to be good. But it, initially, you know, it was like most everything else. It's kind of like a business move. It's like, well, I yeah. can make it work. It'll happen. You know, and uh, but you know, Ace, you know, very. I mean, he's you know, I, in Four by Fate, I and uh, with Return of the Comet. You know, I played a, a lot of the ace leads, and that's not an easy feat to do because that's not my yeah. style. You know, that's his style, and he does it so very well. Yeah, yeah, I saw saw him live about three months ago, and he was really good. Uh, he was political ranting, which I liked, and <laughs> as me and you both uh, both know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I had some people in. Uh, and when uh, the advent of all the uh, the turmoil of politics politics came in the last thirteen years, you know, I was railing on certain parties, and one fan said, "You know, I'm getting tired of hearing your stuff, so we'll then pass on it." Because that's probably why you know Ace fired you from the band because of your political belief, and which is double not true because he has no idea <laughs> of Ace's political view. And I left the band; I was not fired. So I'm thinking <laughs> you know, you're, you're you're just making a comment that you have no fucking clue about. So, um, yeah, it's, it's I, on stage, I don't do anything political, and I don't want to discuss that on stage because people are paying to see me play and say and make them forget about that shit. And I agree with that. On Facebook, hey, that, that's the, the gamut of my life. You're going to get everything. If you don't like it, leave. Just like I mean, me in the, yeah. on the podcast, we don't talk politics. I just brought it up a little bit, but we really yeah. don't talk about our politics on here. My Facebook, you see what I do on my Facebook. I'm different, but on the podcast page, I don't post politics. Sometimes I do it on accident, yeah. and I go back and delete it. No politics on this page. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's and it's a, it really is a good policy. Like the wife and I now watch. And actually, we went up to the taping for David Spade's Lights Out show in L.A. Oh wow. And uh, we went there, and uh, of course they put us in the front row because you know my wife is pretty stunning, and and uh, but we watch that every night. Like tonight, we're gonna sit here and watch a couple episodes. We, we DVR it, um, but it's, there's no politics in it, and it makes it nice because you don't have to worry about oh here comes the bashing of my favorite uh, politician. It gets tiring, you know, especially when they're just so lopsided about who they want to bash, you know. Yeah. I, I just tire of it so quickly. Exactly why I don't watch Saturday Night Live anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just, it used to be cool, but they went on both sides. Now it's just uh, way on one side, and I can't stand it anymore. Yeah, if, if you attack everybody, then it's okay. But when you are showing your liberal or not your or your political bias, which usually is liberal bias, uh, it's just not fun anymore. I don't mind people making fun of the you know uh, conservatives or, or or gun owners or you know Republicans because that's what I am. 
But, you know, even it out a little bit. Don't be such, you know, one-sided assholes. Yeah, I, I, I know. I just hate that. But let's get back to music. Hey, Lee, yeah. what else you got? Oh, well, one <laughs> thing that I wanted to ask was, because I know that Vinnie Vincent performed with 4 by Fate on right. that um, kiss, um, pre-cruise. Right. And I'm just wondering, how was it working with him, both as a person and as a musician, just from your personal um, assessment? <laughs> my personal encounter um, yeah. yeah I know very little about Vinny I've never you know, I, actually I think you've written a couple of Kiss songs that I actually thought were pretty cool um, yeah. I, I'm not that familiar with his, his lead playing or his shredding because I as they call it because uh, I, I never really concentrated on that um, I, I, his character I've heard things you don't always hear stuff about people which you really yeah. uh, can't count on to you you know, spend some time with them. I mean, the same thing happened with Richie Scarlett. Yeah, I know Richie since way back, but Richie and I spent a lot of time together last year. We had a blast, and a lot of misconceptions got blown out of the water. But the thing with with uh, Vinny is, uh, here, you know, he, it was just kind of suspicious to me, or uh, how he comes out of retirement to to bring his career back, and and but at the same time, initially, it was not suspicious. It's just like, oh, good, oh, great, well, good for him, you know. I'm old, he's old, you know, come back, do what you can, or do what you yeah. want, do what you need. So, we got asked to do this, and I've been hearing things, you know, uh, rumblings in the industry about how he does stuff or how he doesn't do stuff, and I still didn't judge much. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, when it was agreed upon to do some songs, uh, we said, yeah, well, I'll sing, you know, I got the range, I can do that. I was tired, but I can do that, you know, what the hell, you know, so... We uh, worked on a couple ideas that he agreed to play or he wanted to play. And then he said, uh, you can take the lead here and there. And, and he, he told our guitar player, Pat, says, no, you take the leads. And I'm like, well, why don't you want to play the lead, you know? And so anyway, uh, I was flexed by that. Uh, he came in for rehearsal the night before because we went over a couple songs. Uh, he had an entourage with him, which is, I expected, you know, I think I'm probably the only one in rock and roll that doesn't have an entourage. Yeah. Uh, I am pretty self-contained. But he came in, and, and uh, his preparedness was, you know, kind of surprising because, uh, you know, he brought his guitar in, didn't have a case for it, and I think the guitar strap was broken, so he's looking to borrow a guitar uh -huh. strap. I mean, that happens, you know. It's just the perfect timing. But he gets up there, and, and uh, trying to tune the guitar, of course, it's got the strap lock, or the... Uh, the locks on it, the nut locks on it. So finally got it tuned up, and he plays, and, and uh, I expect him to do a little bit more stuff, And but he didn't play any leads. He just played the rhythm, and he had a good time doing it, I think. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I was, and then afterwards, and he went, he had all security guarding, in, guarding him in our dressing room, and oh. I thought, and they almost didn't let us in our dressing room. It's my dressing room. I need to go in there. Oh. And they finally let us in, you know, and uh, no big deal, but he's back there, and and he's talking to, I guess, his manager and stuff, and, and, you know, we said, hey, you know, thanks, you know, good job, a lot of fun, and then he starts barking out some things to some people uh, that he works with about what he wanted, and I swear to God, it sounded just like Ace to me, and I mean that in, in uh, a derogatory sense, I meant in a timber uh, manner, like, hey, and I'm like, <laughs> like oh. you know, it was just such a familiar timber. 
So I guess it's more of an East Coast, uh, Long Island. I don't know. You know, who knows New York thing? But I, I was, I was surprised that that, that more wasn't brought to the table or stage, as it were. Yeah. I think oh, okay. a lot of people have been surprised by him because he keeps doing these concerts and then he keeps canceling them. And people are getting frustrated. They're flying in from all over the world and all of a sudden he goes, ah, oh, sorry guys, it's over. The problem with that, as we all know, is you cry wolf, wolf one, one too many times and pretty soon people let the wolf eat you. Uh, and that's unfortunate because he, evidently he's got a lot of fans. Uh, so he's doing it for a reason that is only known to him, and uh, I hope he works out what he needs to have. Yeah, it would be like I'm in a restaurant. Oh, chef, I've heard that you make these great meatballs, and can you make me one? It'll be forty dollars <laughs> for a meatball, okay? And it's one fourth of a teaspoon, <laughs> and, and 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 they taste it, and they're like. Um, I was hoping for a little bit more for that much, kind of like that. Well, the or, part, in this case, a, instead of dollars, it's audience expectation. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. He's he's gonna ruin himself. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of. I I like. I like. I'm not a like you. I'm not a huge Kiss fan, but I did like the Lick It Up, and he played a lot on Creatures of the Night. I like those two albums. Yeah, there's some good stuff. So very good stuff. Very good stuff, and I didn't really care for uh, what is his uh, Vinnie Vincent's invasion. It was just like, just the guitar just kept going and going and going and going and going, and the voices were really high. And I heard an interview with Robert Fleischman it says, "Yeah, I really didn't like the way I sang on that album." <laughs> so I was like, "Yeah, I mean, to showcase your talent is one thing; uh, to overload it and sink the boat is another." I mean, but, you know, I'm biased because I'm all about the song. You know, the song and the melody have got to hit me. Otherwise, I'm not fucking listening. Yeah, I'm at at work and I'm... I'm at work and I'm trying to show these kids who are like, they're in the streaming generation and I go, you guys don't look at album credits, you don't look at this, you don't look at that. I like looking, opening up an album, reading the credits, see who's on it, who did what, who produced it, who wrote the songs, who did this, and you guys, and like, I go, do you know this song? Uh, I don't know. And I said, you guys like songs with no bridges or melodies. I don't see how you like that you call that music. And he says, but it's got a good beat. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that's what it is. It's rhythmic rhetoric. And uh, my son, when he was younger, he still likes weird shit. But when he was younger, he listened to a track about, you know, 20 seconds and click it to, on his iPod and click it to the next thing. Click it to the next thing. I said, how do you listen to anything? Well, I, I'm listening to it. Yeah, but not long enough, you know. One time he clicked on something. And go, who that? That sounds great. Who is that? You with the Deftones? I like the Deftones. I like Corn. I like all the new shit that put me out of business. Really, <laughs> oh. it, the attention span of the youth is pretty much that of a gnat in the dark. You know, it's 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 amazing. They just they flit and they and, and you're right. It's just it's all this this stuff that you know. I'm old, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, there's one guy at work, and I said, "Hey, listen to this," and it's got a big long intro. He goes, "Are they going to sing?" I said, "Dude, listen to that guitar, listen to the drum beat, listen to." Ah, oh, I don't have time for this. <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I can get my monster drink and uh, my my Red Bull and skateboard. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. One thing is that I actually had wanted to see Return of the Comet when they were playing in New York, but the thing is, it was a it was in like a club. That was way too far for me oh, to get to, but um, but then I, I had tweeted like Richie Scarlet, 
and asked him if they might come to Manhattan or some. And he actually got back to me. He said, the problem is that it's who's going to book you. He said, if, if, if you promote the stuff and you talk about us and you spread the word out, then it might work. But he said, it's all a matter of booking. But I, I would have liked to see you because from what I understand, you guys are out on the merch table or, or, they, or, or you meet fans if you could. Uh, and 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 so that's that's what I like. I like if I can meet the people right and, and and get the the CD and talk to them for a little bit. That's that's what I think is real. So I it was it was a good you know. Unfortunately, we we started that. I had would you I had the I had the flu three times last year. Oh man! And the first first time I had the flu A and B at the same time, and that's when we we're trying to get the comic rehearsals going. And I was dying; I could hardly sing. And then I went home and I tried to get better. I just barely got better. And we went out and did the first couple of shows, and I could only sing like sixty percent. It was horrible for me. Man. I felt so crappy. And then by the last couple of shows for that run, I got a little better. And then the day I flew home, I got the flu again. Oh, oh shit. I, I was sick of damn near about a third of the year uh, last year. And then uh, the last few shows we did, I sang like a mofo. It was just, I mean, the band was just dead on. The problem is, as Richie said, is booking interest. You know, our, our age group is, interest group, group is, is, you know, older. And it's really hard to get out to the people. I mean, you know, even like Four by Fate, we had Rob Afuso playing drums. You know, we only can get so much, um, so much draw. And yeah. it, I'm not naive to think that you know, oh, we're going to pack him in. Well, that's just not the way it is. You got to build that following regardless of who you are. I mean, Paul McCartney had to do that with Wings after he left. Yeah. You know, it's the same kind of thing. So I, I get that very much, but. It, the band had some possibilities, and it would have been nice to get us out there. Matter of fact, we were supposed to do uh, a show in New York coming up here with, the, with Poughkeepsie, the chance again, and oh, then okay. head over to uh, to Europe for one or two shows. But right now, that's on hold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This this uh, this pumped up uh, super flu bullshit. Yeah, it's like I saw a group just recently. Um, and they're from Australia, and I think that just a couple of days right after I saw them, that's when this coronavirus thing happened, and I thought, thank goodness that that it wasn't around then, because they would have canceled the show. And I'm planning on wanting to see Steve Winwood when he comes to New York, cool. and that's in June. And it's so far not canceled, but he's on my bucket list of people to see. And I bought the tickets, and I'm really hoping that it happens. Yeah, that's it's a crapshoot right now. It, uh, unfortunately, it, it's uh, you know it, it, it's it's a it's a dangerous thing. But then so is uh, you know the bird flu and H1N1 and, uh, and all this other crap previously in the past. Um, not to drop back into politics again, but the politicization and the weaponizing of this flu is just is is done on. I'm telling you, it's done on purpose. Oh, it may yeah. be an accident coming from China, but then it's turning into a great disaster for pre people 
certain people that want to bring down this economy, and it's impacting everybody's lives that is so unnecessary, I believe. Now, I could be proven wrong, but, you know, I read The Stand. I'm a Stephen King fan. This this is not The Stand. It's this. We're not going to all perish, you know, in a... And you know, be living dead and corpses walking on the street. It's as a matter of fact, my brother in law and I were just talking, he was sick earlier this year, and he swears he around Christmas time, he swears it was probably the, the this very flu. And then my wife got sick, and she had all the very same symptoms, and she swears she had it. Well, I said, Well, I'm not fucking getting it because I had the flu three fucking times last year, and I'm immune to everything, you know. At this point, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird because there are some Asian people now who are wearing like those um, masks, like their like the 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 things over their face right. for germs. Yeah. And I hear that they're doing it on purpose because they want to say, "Hey, I'm I, I don't want to contribute to this virus, so so please don't blame me for it or, or something." It's well, like that's... they're trying to assure people. That they're not bringing it, and I'm thinking, it's 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 totally. Um, I, I I wasn't even thinking about where it's from. I'm just thinking, it's it just seems like it's just out of the blue, and it's in the air, and it's going to hurt everybody, and everybody's evacuating everything. And I'm thinking, is this 1920 over again? You know. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, um, bird flu. I, I don't know what to think. Yeah, the bird flu bird, killed twelve thousand people. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, the what was not what was the uh, swine flu? It's, uh, in in the early nineteen hundred. Yeah. Oh, that was the Spanish flu, right? Spanish that took out millions of people. Yeah. I mean that was real shit. But then of course that you know there wasn't the modern medicine and, but yeah, I, who the the. The propaganda that takes place with masks, I mean, like, the, the Japanese wear a mask as a courtesy to other people. When they're sick, they don't want to infect everybody else. The yeah. Chinese probably wear masks because they want everybody to think that there's something happening or they don't want to get sick. I mean, that's kind of a, a rude summary, but, you know, you can't you can't uh, take away from the, the characteristics of certain countries and what they do and how they do it and the reasons behind it. I mean, I live next yeah. to Mexico. You know, I know a lot of the things that happen down there, and and the reasons why, and the facades that are you know uh, pretended to, to be, and, and it's just a bunch of bull. But anyhow, music. Yeah, let's get back <laughs> yeah. to music. Tell tell us uh, when do you think your new material will be out? Well, that is that is a tough one because I'm working on it as much as I can. I, I'm also I, I I'm also kind of well, I've been labeling Renaissance man because there isn't anything I can't do. Uh, and I also manage my family's uh, commercial real estate, business real estate here in San Diego. And it's uh, just under two acres, and I take care of everything that needs to be done there. Aside from working on hobby cars, mostly my father's, uh, my wife's, and my Harley's, our motorhomes, the boat, a bunch of you know automotive stuff I can do. So when I get done with doing whatever I need to do for that day, I'll start recording. And uh, that usually lasts anywhere from four to six hours, depending on how I'm recording, because my ears get cooked real quickly if I listen too loudly on the headphones. So, and plus the fact that it's me doing everything, you know, the drums, you know, everything, uh, it takes a while, and I'm doing three song, three CDs. I'm hoping, 
I'm, I'm doing about seven days a week. I'm hoping to get this done uh, by Christmas um, this year. Yeah, I see you working on your cars. I see you working on your music. I see everything on Facebook. I go, man, this guy is busier. This guy's busier than ever, anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, people, I have friends. You know, I'm 62 years old. And I say, where the hell do you get the energy? As well, my mom is pretty active, uh, and my dad is is uh, you know he's got a work ethic of a of a bull. And you know, I was taught you know again, if you want something, you work for it. And nothing's you know, this shit's not going to fall in my lap. I mean, songs aren't going to be just produced for me out of thin air. I have to, I, you know, fact, I can't even record all the songs I have down in my head faster than I lose them. I have, on my iPhone, I've got all kinds of new tunes. And matter of fact, the tune you're hearing on that, that bass track I just did, that's all in raw form. It's on my iPhone. Um, and I just, I push and I go and I go until I just can't stand or hear anymore. Or when I'm drumming, you know, I'm not a real drummer, so my legs trying to track a song a good song it only lasts about maybe an hour and you know 15 minutes to try and track and then my legs go fuck you we're done <laughs> but kudos to you for doing it that long I, well yeah that's when i stop and i have to punch in or do an automatic punch in and out and that's not right that's not the right beat god you suck you're fired okay you're hired again because there's <laughs> around so i guess i have to use you you know so, yeah. so are I you had, are you releasing these yourself, or you're going to have a record contract or a record well, company? Nowadays, you don't really need a record contract, especially when you're releasing, you know, small volumes of, of, of releases. I do have a friend of mine who's also one of our managers. He said, "You got to let me hear this stuff and read your book when you're ready to go, because you might be able to get you some kind of lucrative deal, uh, or you know, not lucrative, or who knows." But so he's going to listen to it, and and a few other people listen to it. I'll probably. Uh, I plan on publishing it all myself the first run, and it'll be a small pressing. And then if it looks like it's good, the second pressing I can modify them with barcode codes and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'm not doing it to make the money. There's no money in it anymore. The money is live playing, and you have to have a great following. You have to have merchandise, and yeah. if you're lucky enough to have some radio airplay. You know, it, uh, CD sales and downloads, downloads rip you off right and left. Oh, yeah. And it, it's just, yeah. I, I'm almost, I mean, I was almost at the point of retiring. And then I got into this thing with uh, hardware, or hardware, jeez, four, four by fate. And, yeah. uh, you know, that, that put me back in here on the main line uh, for the last six years. And I was having fun playing in the desert and just kind of taking a break from doing everything. And <clears throat> But I'm, I'm getting ready to to slow it down a bit because I want to be able to hear a little bit when I'm, you know, 70 and close to 80. Yeah. And I, I want to do my, you know, my play with my motorhome, my, my cars and, and, uh, and the Harleys, you know? Yeah. I, I tell, I always buy physical media. I'll listen to it. If I like it, I go buy it. I always try to support you guys, man. I, and thank you for that. And you know what? That's, I'm glad you say that because there's a lot of kids and younger people now that like that. I mean, a lot of people ask me, am I, I going to print some vinyl? And I'm thinking, I, you know, I, I probably will because my son, who's 35, has discovered, you know, the, the, uh, the analog sound of vinyl. And he's like, this is so great. I said, yeah, you think? You know, one of my favorite records of all time, it was a record uh, with Jeff Beck's Blow by Blow. That, oh wow! Yeah, that is where I learned a lot of my my uh, my vibrato, my my structure, and also from the babies, from Wally Stalker. I mean, I love all that stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like man, melody. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to ask you two things like 
if you had a favorite jazz composer or album or classical or, or just um, now I'll just 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 off the top of my head because those were questions that I just had floating around. I, I I like a lot of jazz things that I've heard. I mean, Al Dimiola was was you oh, know yeah. really really cool when I was younger. Uh, Jan Hammer uh, uh, definitely uh, was a big wow. influence keyboards, and of mm. course uh, Jeff Beck. Uh, um, there was uh, 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 classical stuff, I, I, not overly so. Even though I probably prefer, uh, uh, oh God, Mozart. I like Mozart. Okay. There's, I like a lot of orchestrated stuff. I mean, um, stuff that has, you know, like uh, big orchestras. I love that because I can, I can hear all the. The instruments playing and and the notes are filling and the and the the, the okay. and and the the embellishment the tonic and I just find that fascinating. Oh, right on. Yeah, Leo. Yeah. Leo always uh, we review albums every week, and he always tries to give me an album. I go, I don't know this. I don't know this. Like we're going to review a, a, an album by Rex, and I don't want to spoil it, but I thought it was really good. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, you, uh, Rex Smith. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was on that that show Street Hawk, and um, and and before he was on it, he did an album with a heavy rock group called Rex, and then he later on did oh, yeah. some more pop stuff, which I actually don't mind. His album Camouflage, I think, is actually kind of good, even though it's not what you would call real heavy. But yeah. then he also went to Pirates and Penzance and stuff, and I'm like, ah, that's about when I'm not drawing <laughs> it anymore. But. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny how everybody has different, uh, you know, offshoots of what they like. I, I like Missing Persons. I oh, love I love Missing Persons. Oh yeah. Oh, and and I also like uh, Till Tuesday had a good song. You oh know? yeah. I mean, I love that kind of you know. Uh, oh yeah. And uh, uh, but then you know, and then even after. You know, my heyday in the 90s when, you know, grunge came out, a lot of people hate grunge, but there's a lot of it that I love, you know. I mean, I, because I, I, I learned and heard, heard new stuff that, that people weren't doing. I mean, I knew exactly what they're doing, but especially yeah. one of my favorite bands is Alice in Chains. I was going to ask you that because some of the, your songs sounded like Alice in Chains on there. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's a, a big influence because, you know, I love the, the, uh, the harmonies. Nobody else was doing that, and I and I always heard those kind of harmonies, but I would never do them because I I thought, well, you know, nobody's going to get this shit because it's just not normal. But I, and I'm not going to lie, I was very much reinfluenced and reinvigorated by here's some fresh new music. Here's Soundgarden. I even like Nirvana. You know, I, I like uh, Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains were my favorite two bands that came out of that era. I still listen to them all the time, and I like I love Corn. We went to see Corn down here in San Diego with a new drummer. Holy! Oh, uh, John uh, Ray Luzier. Oh my God! He's, he's also playing with uh, what uh, George Lynch and KXM and the guy from uh, uh, what is it? Uh, King's X. He's a monster, and that band. Just oh yeah, folks. Now it know? was it was funny because he's also in a band with the uh, Stone Temple Pilots and a singer from Filter called Army of Anyone that we reviewed, and that's oh. the first time I heard him. I go. And I wasn't listening to uh, Richard Patrick singing. I love his voice, but I was listening to the drums. I go, this drummer kicks ass. Where is he? And then I go, oh, he's in corn now. <laughs> and I go, oh, shit. 
That's amazing. I mean, there's there's so many different influences, and and I like a lot of new stuff that's coming out, and you know, people rag on Nickelback, but I got to tell you, some of the Nickelback songs are fucking phenomenal, and then their production is, uh, you know, it's just it's unbelievable for what they do and what they're appealing to. It works, you know. I mean, uh, there's there's some songs that you know I can do without, but it, it taste is always subjective. Everybody knows that. Nickelback's album Dark Horse is a really heavy record. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It has a song called uh, "You Look Better with Something in Your Mouth." I go, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, his lyrics are always about you know, uh, and, and they're they're hilarious. You know, I I, I when I I do uh, Pandora when I'm listening to work on stuff. Uh, you know, I, I like Puddle of Mud as well. The early Puddle oh, of yeah, Mud. Oh yeah, I like them too. Great stuff. So I got the Puddle of Mud radio, and it, it plays all kinds of stuff that I like that you know has nothing to do with my style at all. You know, people oh, think. Okay. People think that I'm, you know, Cheap Trick and Ace Frehley. I'm like, uh, no, no, you know, I, I'm me, and yeah. and me comes from all the influences that I hear, you know. Yeah. So and you never stop learning. When you stop learning, th then it becomes boring, and why do it anymore? It's like me. I love Duran Duran, Tom Petty, Metallica. <laughs> I like all that and, stuff. Uh, they have some great stuff. I mean, yeah, uh, I never really cared for Metallica when I was younger. Uh, you know, they first came out, and then as I got older, I went. This is some pretty good shit here. I like this. I like that. And and Petty was a great songwriter, you know, even though he sung through his mouth and his teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Great he shows, was, though. <laughs> yeah. See it's, 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 it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, regardless of how somebody sings or doesn't, doesn't sing, you know, how successful are they? You know, I mean, there's the formula, formula you're looking for. I mean, I could be bitching all day long in my little studio. Nobody gives a shit. You know, if you get on stage and start filling with 60,000 people, then you're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. You have any yeah, more questions, uh, Lee? Um, this guy's got to get I, back to watching uh, stuff with his wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she's okay. in with Alfie right now. She's she's watching. Uh, I don't know what the hell she's watching. We're usually news junkies. We watch news and then we shut it off and go on to something else. I listen to I, a lot I mean, of I, like news I, podcasts. I, I do have a question. Like, <laughs> how was it like? Because I heard that you did and like a reunion with Ace Frilly. Um. And how was that like um, compared to when you played with him originally, um, both as a person getting along with him and musically? Well, there's some distance there. Of course, it's 30 years. <clears throat> um, I really like the ace that I met and worked with in 87 and 88. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was, he was driven, re-driven, uh, reborn in 87. He really wanted to make it work. And he did a damn good job of making it work. Um, getting back with him like we played at the Chance uh, a couple of years ago with 4 by Fate, it was fun when Richie Scarlett was still with him. Uh, it, it was fun going up there. And the, his mannerisms, the time signatures, the everything, it, it's like we never left the stage. We never you know, left playing with each other because John and I are pretty solid rhythm section. And uh, the drummer they had, I forget his name right now, but a uh, phenomenal drummer. Good drummer. Um, uh, it was like we hadn't stopped playing together. And, you know, Richie Scarlett was there, and he's had a great dynamic. He's a great showman. Um, and then when we played with him with Return of the Comet down in, in uh, Florida, it was kind of the same thing, but he's kind of distanced himself to – I think it's more insulation than distancing himself. If he insulates himself, then he really yeah. doesn't have to deal with stuff that he doesn't want to deal with. And, and we've run into him several times, you know, at the hotels. Or the, and he's fine. He's fine. He's always cordial. 
Uh, he's got a lot on his personal plate, I'm sure. Uh, you know, I know more than a lot of people know, and, and that's his business. I won't say anything about it, but he's got other things to worry about than being nice to us. I mean, he was always nice to us, and I think he respects us to a degree, but he knows that he was one in KISS. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just wondering, though, like, so do you think that sometimes when he's casual in interviews and he, and, 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 and he kind of tweets questions a little flippant, it's sort of his way of safeguarding things by, like, I really don't want to get too into things. I just want to kind of keep this light and fun. I'm just, I'm just wondering, or, or no. do you think he really doesn't have a memory and he's like, oh, I don't remember. I mean, I'm well, just wondering. He, there are some things that will fade out with, you know, whatever uh, degree or volume of alcohol or, or whatever recreational stuff he did. I never knew of any of that stuff. I knew of the, the alcohol. But um, there's stuff that he tunes out. His personality is pretty much on purpose. That is just his personality. Uh, yeah. it, 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 it's like catching someone off guard with the answer they didn't expect, you know. Like they'll ask this, you know, 14 sentence song, uh, question about, you know, with this and that, with that, were you thinking about that? Were you considering the repercussions of this when you did that? But was it contributing to the songwriting of your current album? And, and did you ever think you'd, you'd be doing this and that? And he'd go, no. And that'd be <laughs> and, and, and you know, the crowd would laugh, and he does it for a reaction. And, and plus, he doesn't really have to think about it, but he does think. And he does yeah. make moves that, that are that are calculated and which work in the best interest for him. I don't think that he makes all the right moves, uh, as I think that a lot of people in the music industry don't make all the right moves. Yeah. Unless you're Lady Gaga, you know, she's a smart woman, you know, uh, um, and talented too. I mean, not the, I'm not an overly fan. I'm just using her as a, a business example. I mean, that woman's driven. But I think that you know, Ace missed the the the. Um, opportunity to do the 25-year thing with uh, the Comet, and then the 30-year thing of the Comet. And I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't know how much longer you know things are going to work well for you. 35 years of the Comet, you know. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, I may say, I'm not I'm not doing it. I'm out. I'm done, you know. I don't know. Yeah. I just want to say, it's man. It's like I, the Comet scrub clean. You don't I, need the Comet anymore. Now it's the water down the drain. I yeah. didn't I didn't know anything about Kiss. I just got, I picked up on Ace with that first album with Fraley's Comet, you know, and uh, I heard Rock Soldiers and I go, ah, that's cool, pretty cool because he's talking about God and he'll, the devil won't have an ace in his deck. And then I started hearing your songs on that album and I go, oh my God, this guy is, who is that guy? <laughs> I go, man, his voice is awesome. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's, yeah, I, I get that. I get that a lot in private messages and emails, and people tell me that live, you know, they don't want to diss Ace. And it's not really dissing Ace, because, you know, Ace and I were, you know, like the coasts we live on, we're so, so much, so far apart in styles in every sense. Uh, and I wanted to try to see if I could blend that. But yeah, Ace, he's an icon. He's an icon, and he's a character. And within that character, he presents uh, his songwriting as it is and his singing as it is. And then, you know, he shines with his iconic guitar playing. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's, it is what it is. It's fantastic, of course. It's worked, it made him millions many times over. Uh, but, you know, for me, I've always been about songs and writing and writing. 
making sure everything fit and I can sing my balls off, you know, but um, it, and, and it shows for some people. Some people it doesn't. Some people don't want to hear anything about me. All they want to do is hear a sing and play. And I'm and I tell them, so well that's fine, but you know, if occasionally somebody's gotta have a backup band. They just yeah. can't do it. I mean, very few people can do everything by themselves. Except for me. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. actually think that that I think the first Fraley's comment album would have been better if you had more songs in it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm believing it or not, I I I like your style of singing and I like your hey, songwriting. So so I, I really think that if it had been Howard's comment I would have dug it. Well, the thing is that I, I, they were pretty smart. They realized they had to have the bulk of it be by Ace. Otherwise, people would just not buy it. And and I understand yeah. the business sense. Had he had he done things a little differently, he could have been, you know, uh, well, I mean, it's just hindsight. You know, if if I was, you know, singing three quarters of it and writing three quarters of it, then it really wouldn't be fairly common to be some band that Ace is in. And you know, yeah. more people would hate me by then. I don't know. Oh man, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I find is stupid. It's like when I'm on Facebook and I'll ask people about a certain group or certain stuff, and a lot of them who answer, I don't think they even heard the song. They're just looking at what their friends said and going, "I don't like it." Yeah. And so <laughs> that's that's what I think. It's like yep. at least if you hear it, then. If you're given an opinion, I can understand. But if, but but if you say I don't like it, and I go, what didn't you like again? I don't know, but I didn't hear it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's a lot of people think that way, especially in present day uh, situations. Well, what did he say? I don't know. I don't care what he said. I just hate it. <laughs> okay. well, I, I also wanted to say your solo albums are really good. I had no idea they existed until I started talking to you and I started listening to them because I wanted to make this more an interview about you and not about Ace. You know, I wanted. Yeah, that. And Mark, it, it's nice when people do a little bit of research. <clears throat> you know, it's it's it, it, at my age and the amount of interviews I've done, it is a little bit irritating when people uh, ask me, "Oh, so what have you been doing since the comment?" Like, what? Yeah, uh, and I told I told Lee here's here's his albums. Go listen to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was aware that I, I mean I was aware that you've done a lot more. Um, I mean, there's so much that I listen to, and there's also so much that I have heard of and haven't gotten to yet. But oh, um, I, I, mean, I, I will say I really do enjoy your solo albums. Do you have a favorite of your solo work? Uh, yeah, Cobalt Parlor is probably my favorite because I'm playing real drums. It's very heavy. It's very wow. dark. It was a depressing, a depressing time. Not overly so, but it was a depressing time uh, in my life for a relationship that I had. But uh, I, I uh, yeah, it'll be in my book. But the thing is, this this one woman that I was with. Uh, I almost was in love, but I think I, I may have been at that time. She wanted to start a family with me, and I already had three kids, and I was strong. And I'm going, there's no way I'm having any more children. I mean, I can barely make it on my own and take care of my yeah. children and have more children. I just can't do that. So I said, if you want to have a child, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And, and so she did. She left right in the middle of me recording that record. Dang. Wow. That's the, one, that's the one where you sound like Alice in Chains. <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of that in there yeah uh, uh but but and 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 that 
yeah, that that was a really because I was really heavily listening to all the new stuff was out because yeah, I had no choice and I, and I liked it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it, it's a favorite because of primarily the accomplishment. And I'm playing a lot of heavy baritone guitars in there, which is a, an instrument that Tom Peterson of Cheap Trick turned me on to. <clears throat> right on, right and, on, man. Um, cool. And 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 one thing, like, do you play all of the instruments on all of your stuff, or do you sometimes have uh, background musicians on something? Uh, on on the very first uh, CD where I was playing back again with Cheap Trick, I I did a, a, a CD called Silhouette. Very bad production, very bad, and it's a drum machine. Took me 40 hours to program the, each song to make it sound at least halfway normal. Uh, and, of course, I played everything after the drum machine. On Cobalt, Cobalt Parlor, I played everything on that. Okay. And on then on West of 8, or actually what happened? Yeah, West of 8, I, uh, I had a whole band doing that but i had to let the bass player go and i recut all his guitar or his bass tracks okay. uh, we had a confrontation or you know disagreement and then on winter i did everything except for on a song called your face i had my longtime uh buddy who plays drums here bob sale who played in coco blue my first top 40 band he played okay. on your face and he was also the drummer in the Cold Beach video, that song. Oh, okay. He smoked it. Now, and then on Opposite Gods, I played everything, and I had my daughter sing uh, a little bit of backup on just a couple songs in each of those. And uh, then, yeah, I, I, only, I when I do a solo album, I try to do everything myself because then it's a real solo album, you know. Yeah, um, man. Well, I just... definitely. Right, let's, let's wrap it up, man. You're a busy guy. You need to get back yeah. to what you're doing, man. We'd like, the last thing I, I was wanted to ask for four hours tonight. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. I'm still kind of amped up. I always get kind of hyper when I'm working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I wanted to say to wrap it up was like, if I wanted to get some of your CDs or some, is there a place where I can go to get them? Do they exist in physical form on CDs? And do you have a website or a place where I could purchase some? My website is down right now because my son is going to rebuild it for me. He's okay. phenomenal at what he does. So they're not on my website. All my stuff is on uh, on the CD Baby and iTunes. Okay. Uh, I do have physical copies limited of Opposite Gods and very few of West of Eight. All of Cobalt Parlor is out of print. Oh, and those, man. They're, <laughs> they're going for a premium. And Silhouette is out of print. Now, I do make, for people that want a bundle thing, I do make copies myself. They don't have the original covers and all that kind of stuff. And because and, I, I, I just don't have those anymore. I'm surprised at what they're going for, like on, on uh, you know, eBay and stuff like that. So I'm like, my God, you know, Silhouette's going for so much money in the original package. Because it's a horrible production, but you know, I only did it once. <laughs> you know, CDs are kind of cool because they're painted on; they're bitching. Yeah, yeah. Right on. Well, thank you again, Todd. It it was really fun to talk with you. Well, thank you, Lee. I appreciate that. I was kept expecting to see a cocktail end up on your chest there, but you know, that's me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you, Todd. Man, that this, um, thank you for coming on here, and uh, I can't wait to hear your new CDs, all three of them. 
Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. I think you'll enjoy it. The uh, the heavy one is big, badass. Matter of fact, I gave uh, uh, just a, a track with no vocals, uh, just raw track of two guitars, my bass and drums, to our, our sound man from 4 by Fate, uh, Chopper, uh, who worked with Aerosmith, and he listened to it. He goes, holy shit, this is great. So I, I can't wait to get it out there to people. All right. Thank, thank you, Todd, man. And I look forward to uh, talking to you on Facebook. <laughs> All right, Mark, take care. Thank you. All right, man. Bye, guys. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye. All right. That was an interview with uh, Todd Haworth. And that was pretty cool, huh, Lee? That was really cool. Yeah. In fact, it seemed like as if I was just almost next to him and we were just chatting over um, a tea or something, you know? It was really, really casual and hip. That was awesome that he came by to talk to us, man. I, I just really appreciate that. And it was like, it was a cool, a, a, like we've had other people we've interviewed on there, but not, you know, like this guy was with Ace yeah. Fraley and he's made like killer solo albums that I didn't know that existed. And I wish most of them were available physically. Like he said, he doesn't have them and they're out of print. But uh, I can't wait till his uh, three new albums come out, and especially that heavy one. That intrigued me. I'm definitely going to enjoy listening to that stuff, because he's definitely a real musician, and he has all sorts of different styles, so I'm, I'm happy to listen to it as well. All right, man. And, and until next week, Lee, you know what to do. Say goodbye. Goodbye. You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.